I love being a pastor. You know why? Because I can get to meet some of the nicest people in the whole world. Say to your neighbor, he's talking about you. Yeah, really. Right, because why? Had I remained as an engineer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be traveling like this, meeting so many wonderful people. So friends, can I say, it's good to be a pastor. How many want to be pastors now? Can I see your hands? Soon no one. My goodness, you're in big, big trouble here. You know, but thank God, you know what happens, friends? That you and I can connect together and God in His mysterious ways has put us all of us here in Malaysia. Amen. What a privilege, what a joy is it for all of us, isn't it? All right? Now, many times, you know what? When Malaysians gather together to talk about Malaysia, we always talk about all the negative things about Malaysia. Right or not? Seldom we talk about positive. Many times I have to stop the conversation and I say, could it not start with something positive about Malaysia? Because otherwise we are cursing the country. More so for us as Christians, we should be blessing our nation. Can I hear a good amen for that? How many of us, well, we, are, we are glad that we are in Malaysia. There's a hope and future for Malaysia. See your hands. Wow, okay. How many don't think so? Don't put up your hands. We're going to pray for you. But it's a great country, isn't it? And for example, okay, our infrastructure is world class. Our roads, our bridges, highways, they're world class, isn't it? Also, secondly, what happens is our travel and communication networks are world class. People can watch, okay, online right now, any part of the world, isn't it? And we thank God for this, isn't it? And also, finally, when you turn on the switch, the light comes on. When you turn on the tap, the water comes on. Usually, I mean, isn't it? Thank God for all these we can enjoy, isn't it? All right? Thirdly, the weather is fantastic, right now, okay? All right? Unlike some of the places you come from, where there's winter wear, summer wear, spring wear, autumn wear, they worry about. Malaysia, don't worry about anything like this. It is one wear, same wear, cheap wear, some more. What a blessing, right now. The food is fantastic, right now. And the people are the best, especially from Great Shalom. Yeah, really. So we don't realize how much we've been blessed. Amen. In Malaysia. It's a great country. Amazing country, really. Which is, I think, so important. We should give thanks to God for. Right now. So, so important. Because we like to complain. We like to blame. And you know what? Many times you say, what's wrong in the country? Right? The politicians are to take the blame. True in some sense, but you know, friends, many times I said, who is to take the primary blame for what is wrong in Malaysia? It is you and I who are Christians. You know why? Because we are salt and light. What are we doing with the fact that we are salt and light? What are we doing with the fact that we get the best product in the whole world? The gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you coming to faith in Christ is the best thing that happened to you in your life. Can I see how many of you? Okay, if your hand is not up, you really need prayer. Okay, they come for you to pray for you. All right, isn't it? I came from a Buddhist background. When I came to faith, it was 51 years ago. It changed my life completely. Totally changed my life. Now, not that I'm a bad person. I'm fairly decent looking like Pastor David like that. Okay, I do not say fairly good looking Pastor David. Fairly decent like Pastor David like that. It changed my life completely. So that's why later on, I give up my engineer to become a pastor. Right? What a joy, what a blessing. Friends, you know what? Not only we got the best product, the gospel of Christ can change lives. We got also the most important product. Why is that? Which product can produce everlasting life? But the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, we got the best product and the most important product. How come we're not sharing our product? We are propagating, promoting, M-way, co-way, whatever other way, except the right way, the best way. Amen? Right now. You understand promoting propagating the best, isn't it? Which is so important for you and I to understand, isn't it? That's the reason why, friends, you and I must learn from Jesus. How did Jesus go about doing evangelism? 
What? We can learn some lessons from the life of Jesus, which I think is so important for all of us. How do you go about sharing? Because when you look at the life of Jesus, he never wastes any moment, any time, any encounter. And here's just one similar example of Jesus' encounter with a Samaritan woman. What did he do with a Samaritan woman? Firstly, friends, you notice the posture of the heart of Jesus. What is the heart of Jesus like? Here in verse 4, we are told here, right? Now he had to go through Samaria. Now, friends, that one sentence is radical. Why? Because no Jew would ever go through Samaritan territory. Because Jews looked down upon Samaritans. In fact, Jews hate Samaritans. Likewise, Samaritans hate the Jews as well. It's a kind of mutual thing because it started with the Jews themselves. Why? Because Jews kind of, sorry, Samaritans are kind of half Jews, as it were. And so therefore, they look down upon, which is terrible. It's a terrible, terrible. So that, for example, if a Jew has to travel from the north in Galilee to Jerusalem in the south, you know what they would do? They would skirt around Samaritan territory. They would never go through. But look at Jesus. Amazing, thing is it? The posture heart of Jesus, he, he wants to, he has to, he must go through to break all norms, to break all prejudice, to break all paradigms, to show that everyone is important, whoever they are. Get a good amen for that. So important, isn't it? Whatever ethnic, social, religious backgrounds, everyone is important to all of us as everyone is important to Jesus. Isn't it? So critical for all of us. You and my seats, all this opportunity to connect with people. Like for example, just last Christmas, Doris and I and our family, our son, we got only one. Unlike Pastor David and Pastor Lifehan, we got how many? Okay, half a dozen, is right. We went over, spent some time, first time, Christmas, okay, outside of Kuala Lumpur, PJ. And so we spent time in Singapore, okay. We were staying in this hotel, right. One morning, there's a knock on the door. I opened the door and the cleaner, right, from the hotel, wanted to clean our room. I turned to Doris and said, can we let her in clean? Yeah, yeah, sure, let her in clean. We, all right, I say, what's your name? Deepa. Thank you, Deepa, for cleaning our room. Really appreciate I'm Daniel. My wife is Doris. I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor from Malaysia. You are very special. Out of 8 billion, God sent to clean the room of a pastor. Hello? Not oftentimes you got a chance to clean the room of a pastor, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And Deepa, how long have you worked here? The last few years. Where are you from? From Malaysia. Lives in JB. You know what? Every morning at 4 a.m., she would travel to Singapore on a motorbike to work. 5 p.m. goes back. She has to leave house at 4 a.m. in the morning, otherwise she'll be caught in a massive jet because there's some 200,000 Malaysians commute every day to work in Singapore like that. You know what I mean? Okay? And to go back takes her two hours across the causeway. Every day for six days of the week, she wrestles through. And we found in the process, she was a single mother, divorced from her husband with four children, elder 17, youngest about eight years old. And two of the children are with her. So as a single mother, she works like crazy, right, to help to hold, okay, the family together. Imagine the commitment, the sacrifice. I say, Deepa, you're very special. All right, out of eight billion, God sent you to the pastor here. God wants me to let you know. He knows you, he loves you, he knows the struggles you're going through. I share with Jesus. And Deepa, no pressure, but a lot of pleasure. If you'd like to accept Jesus, I want to pray for you. She said, okay. So you know, at the end, I know, I said, you're working, I know, just two minutes of your time. I will pray for you at the end. Okay, is it okay? And I let her to face in Christ. At the end of the, you know what happens? She come and touch my, touch my feet and Doris's feet as a sign, many times from that background, is a sign of honor and respect. But friends, you know, it is so important to treat everyone dignity and respect whoever they are. Amen. Everyone is important. Everyone is important. And that should be the posture of our heart as much as the posture of Jesus' heart. No one is unimportant to Jesus. Amen.
sees all these options available. Secondly, the place of engagement. Where did Jesus go to engage people? All right. He went to the well, isn't it? And so here, verses okay, uh, 5 and 6, it says here, So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tied his was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Yes, Jesus was tired. He was looking for a drink. And the best place is where the well, where everyone in the community comes for water. Isn't it? All right? Because that's a place where people gather. All right? Where's a place where you and I gather together? In a playground. Isn't it? Go and mix with the neighbors, everybody around. Okay? In a place of work, that's where people get. So many places people gather. Jesus, friends, He knows where to engage people. The well there. Okay? And friends, you know, you and I likewise have tons of places for engagement. All right, as I mentioned, our place of work is a perfect place to engage our colleagues, our friends, our neighbours, uh, uh, whoever else around us. All right, and for those of us who are students, our class, our classmates, it's we're at a school, college, university. All right, for those of us who are retired, the neighbours around us, sometimes our relatives as well, seizes opportunities as places of engagement. Is it so so important for for uh, for all of us? All right, friends, there are tons. What about us pastors? I know for us pastors, you say 85, 90% of the time spent amongst Christians largely. Am I right? Which, of course, we don't mind because we spend amongst some of the nicest people in the whole world. We don't mind. But friends, can I say, even for, for us as pastors, if we spend 90% of the time amongst Christians, it is an artificial environment. Because if only 10% of the population of Malaysian Christians, how can we spend 90% of the time all right, with Christians only? That's why for me, I purposely go out of the Christian and mix with non-Christians. Try to engage them, connect with them, befriend them. You know, we must find all opportunities. But actually, friends, can I say, there are many opportunities available. Day by day, we contact with non-Christians. Uh, right now, right? For example, okay, you go to a shop, buy something, you got contact with that person. Isn't it very important? Give an example. Okay, I, I was at that time doing my doctoral work, okay, in... In, in, uh, in United States and uh, what happens a whole group of us 12 students international scholars from different parts of the world okay we were there uh, for that and uh, what happened we went out that weekend for shopping as usual and then on the way out at the brick supermarket called Walmart we queue we queue up we line up and then when it came to my turn okay to be served by this okay lady at the till okay I said hi what's your name Dorothy, Dorothy, thank you for serving us. Really appreciate that for serving us. By the way, my name is Daniel. I'm a pastor from Malaysia. You are special. God sent a pastor out of 7 billion people to tell you he loves you, okay? And you are very special. So are you a Christian? Oh, I'm a Catholic. That's great. I commended her. Just, just appreciate her for serving all of us. I didn't want to take too much time because it's a long queue. Otherwise, the rest will be very angry with me, very upset with me. Just two minutes. Okay, after being served, I walked off. The next person was actually my classmate in a doctoral program from the Philippines. He was served. After, you know, Joe came to me and said, Daniel, you know what? That lady has wonderful words for you. Hello? One encounter we pray by God's grace, we lead people better than they were before. Amen? Sometimes we may have an opportunity to share Jesus. We may have an opportunity to share Jesus. But at least in that encounter with us, something would happen. Can you get amen for that? Uh, so important. Give another example. Right? My staff and I, at that time, when I was still senior pastor, we went for lunch together in a coffee shop nearby where we were. Okay? And uh, right, whilst we were eating, halfway through, 
a lottery ticket seller came to our table and right, walked up right up, up towards me. Empat number, empat number, four digit, four digit, okay, a special number chosen for you. I took the lottery ticket, I was looking through lottery ticket. I believe my staff now with him, this guy, now we know his true colour now, he buys lottery ticket. So I took it, I was looking through the number and the man said, Sir, this number is specially chosen for you. As I looking to it, I turned up, I said, what's your name? He got a fright. What do you want to know my name? Just Baila. I said, I want to know. He said, my name is Ramanathan. I said, good to meet Ramanathan. Where are you from? I thought, somewhere from Malaysia. India. Oh, India. Which part of India? Chennai. Chennai. Lovely city. I've been there. Okay. How long been here? Five years. Great Ramanathan. Okay. And, uh, you know, you are very special, Ramanathan. Out of seven billion, God sent you to see a pastor. I shared Jesus with him. Okay, all right. Instead of he selling me lottery ticket, I sold Jesus to him. What about that? Isn't it? All right. And after I challenged, would you like to accept Jesus? Okay, would you like to accept? You know, no. Sell lottery ticket. How to accept Jesus? All right. Then you know, you do lottery ticket. He walked off. He said, I don't want to shoo him off. I don't want to say, hey, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. I don't mind lottery tickets. I don't do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? He will go all by himself. But before he goes off, I will share Jesus with him. Amen. Seize all these opportunities right now. Then, a few weeks later, in another coffee shop in this other housing area, again eating with my staff, another lottery ticket came. And the lottery ticket came right up to me. Probably thought this guy must be the wealthiest of the whole group. Empat number, empat number, four digit. I took the ticket I was looking through. I took a look at him. What's your name? Prakash. Good evening, Prakash. Where are you from, Prakash? India. Oh, which part of India? Chennai. Chennai. Prakash, interesting. You know, the other day, I was in this other housing estate coffee shop, okay, and the guy I met also from Chennai, India, his name is Ramanathan. You know what Prakash said? That's my brother. <laughs> you never ask, you never know. I shared Jesus with him, challenged him about Jesus. No, thank you very much. Took the lottery ticket and walked off. As I was walking out with the staff team, I decided to look back where Prakash is. I saw one corner of the coffee shop. Our eyes connected. You know, in his face, you can see a face of just gratitude, just grateful that someone connected with him. You know, friends, many times this lottery ticket seller, they've been shooed off, they've been told off, or sometimes some people will buy. But much of the time, they face rejections. Am I right or not? Nobody will, took, will take time. Nobody will even volunteer to pray for him. You know, right now, friends, you know, on his face, there's a face of gratitude. You know, you know when people are happy, People are grateful, people are angry. Right now, I know I'm very, very, I see very happy faces here. Thank God this morning. Okay, right now. But friends, I might be the first person to show the seed of the gospel in Prakash's life. And Billy Graham Evangelistic Association tells us a person comes to faith in Christ after 21 contacts with Christians. 21 contacts with Christians in the survey, in the research. So, friends, let's all keep on sowing. Because some will end up reaping. And a good amen for that. It's so important, friends. We must seize all opportunities. So therefore, I share Jesus in all kinds of places. All right? In a restaurant, in a car park, in a hotel, on an airplane, in a bus, in a train, anywhere, everywhere. Give me half a chance I share Jesus with these people. Amen? So important. Engage people. Very important. And we pray that at least if we don't have a chance to share Jesus, the experience with us is a good one. Amen? So important for us. Because as we also... As the Bible tells us, some of us end up reaping. Now, what is the point of conversation? 
All right, as Jesus engages with this Samaritan, what is his point of conversation? And now here, we notice here in verse 7, uh, it tells us here, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said, will you give me a drink? What is the point? Right, both of them came for water. Jesus came for water as a woman came for water. So therefore, the natural point of conversation is something in common. Right now, water, they talk about. Therefore, in our case, what is our common point of conversation? And this is where, friends, can I say, many, many of us non-Christians, many of us Christians, all right, find it difficult to turn our ordinary conversations into spiritual conversations so that our faith comes up naturally, not artificially. Now, for me as a pastor, it's very simple. They will ask you, what's your name, Michael? My name is Daniel. What do you do, Michael, engineer? I'm a pastor, by the way. The moment I say I'm a pastor, I'll say, by the way, do you go to church or are you a Christian? Supposing if I'm not a pastor, what's your name? Michael. My name is John. What do you do? Michael, right, engineer. Well, I work as an accountant. Huh? Are you a Christian? That guy would thought you've gone cuckoo. You know what I mean? Engineer, accountant, why you ask me, am I a Christian or not? That's why being a pastor very good, oh. Hello? No, amen. <laughs> okay. But see, this is where our problem is. Interacting with our colleagues, with our classmates. How do I turn my conversation into spiritual conversation so that my faith comes out naturally? For example, with your work, workmates, very simple, just talk about work. Is it just talk about work? Say, right, what happens is, what do you do? Okay, start by first praying for your colleagues, your classmates, your neighbours, your whoever. Pray for them each day. Secondly, build friendships and relationships. How do you do it? Go out for lunches with two or three different colleagues or different classmates. You know, go out with different colleagues, is it, for lunches. Don't tell me, gracious, always fast and pray all the time. Never, never eat one. Hello? Right now. Okay. All right. Go for lunches with two or three, two or three different ones. After a while, you'll know who are more open for deeper conversations. Am I right now? Then you'll go one-on-one. -on -one. And in that one-on-one, -on -one, just talk with your colleague about work. So, for example, ask your colleague, what is it you like about working here in this company? He shares and after you share. Then turn it around. What is one challenge you face working here? How many of us have got challenges in our places of work? If we are still working, can I see how many of us have got challenges in our place of work? Well, some of you I know to the house where I've got challenges at home. God bless you. Never mind. Okay. All right. Right now. We all have challenges in our place of work. Right now. Okay. And so therefore, what is one challenge you face? And then when it comes to your turn, supposing this is your real challenge, supposing, right? You say to your friend, John, John, you know what? All right. The challenge I face is this. I was given this assignment by our mutual boss. Right? Actually, that assignment can be done quite easily. But just that the deadline is so short, it's almost impossible. Right? Sometimes some bosses give crazy, crazy work assignments and deadlines. Right? All right? It's almost impossible to get it done. But you know what, John? I actually got it done. I surprised myself. You know what, John? I prayed like crazy. Right? When we face with a challenge, we all pray like crazy. Amen? Right or not? You talk about prayer now. It's, I prayed like crazy. So I got it done. Hey, John, by the way, sorry. I'm a Christian. Friends, can you see? You pray like crazy. Now you can tell, by the way, I'm a Christian. Okay. And you can say, are you a Christian, John? Can I on, take on further? Is it okay? Another area to talk about, you talk about health. Right now. So I ask John, John, hey, you look fit, healthy, and strong. What do you do to keep fit, healthy, and strong? Let John share after you share. Then turn it around. John, have you ever faced a health challenge in your life? How many of us, we have had health challenges in our lives? Can I see how many of us? 
Wow, this is a very healthy church, Pastor David. Amazing people here. I want to be part of the church like that, all healthy and strong. Sometimes we do face health challenge. Let him share that after that, supposing you, gotta, you have faced a health challenge before, that's the time to share. Supposing this is true of you, right? You say to John, John, you know what? I wasn't feeling well. I've been delaying, delaying, and that kind of thing. And then the, I decided I must go and see a doctor. When I went to see a doctor, the doctor put me to a whole battery of tests. Two weeks later, called me in, sat me down, and said to me, eyeball to eyeball, my friend, I do good news for you. You actually got cancer. The moment the doctor said that, my face turned pale. I was gripped with fear. I was terrified, in fact. And begin to wonder what's going to happen to me. Not only that, what's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen down the road? And as a result, I started losing sleep and appetite. I just spiraled downwards. I went into depression. But out of that struggle, I actually came to faith in Jesus. I became a Christian. Now, John, you know what? Today, I can sit here, talk with you face to face. Not that I'm completely healed, but I think Jesus has done a measure of healing my life. That's why I can talk to you. But John, you know what? The more important thing is not just healing. The more important thing is this, that at least in my heart, there is peace, there is hope, there is joy. Amen. John, so by the way, are you a Christian? Oh, you are not. Maybe you should consider. Maybe you should think about it. Can we next lunch talk about it further again? You know what I mean? Isn't it? So talk about work, talk about health. What about those of you, those of you who are students? Talk about studies, lah. Isn't it? Ask your classmate, hey, what is it you like studying in this school? Your classmate, they'll tell them, oh, I don't like it all. I really hate it. Then tell the classmate, get out. Why you waste your time here? Amen, right now. What is it you like studying here? Let your classmate share after that you share. Then turn it around again. What is one challenge you face studying here? We sometimes got challenges right now. After he shares, then after you share, what is one challenge you face? Give you an example. There is this lady from China. She took a first degree right, university in, in China. Decided to come to Malaysia to do an MBA. We know how difficult the MBA course is. And moreover, she has all these years been educated in Chinese, in Mandarin. Now coming to do everything in English here in Malaysia. You know? So she has struggled with English besides a very difficult MBA, Master Administration course. And then she ended up, the two-year course, she ended up coming to DMC, surprisingly. All right, we are so pleased, so glad about it. Then as she was really working hard like crazy, preparing like crazy for exam, the day before, right, she was supposed to sit for that paper, she had a dream. And you know, in her dream, she saw the exam paper. She scrambled in the middle of the night, studied like crazy, walked next day into exam hall. It was exact paper she saw in a dream. How many like that kind of dream? See your hands. How many of you? Wow, all the students' hands are out. Okay, I could see parents' hands are up for their own children. <laughs> I want to tell you, probably this country will not happen to you. Hello, are you there? Tell your kids, work hard, study hard. Okay, all you. All right. But this is a fantastic testimony. It shows God's mercy and grace that takes place like this. That's the time to share when you've got a wonderful testimony. Because why? There is power in testimonies. Amen. Is it like that? And so friends, you know, there are many, many points of conversations you can engage with your friends. So when I get onto the plane, for example, we're we we flying. All right, from here, Malaysia, onwards to Russia, Moscow, Russia, for me to speak at a conference, Russian pastors and bishops. First sector, KL to Dubai, before we change plane, onwards, all right, okay, uh, in a KLI airport, the flight we are traveling, Emirates Air, packed full of people, totally packed up, except one empty seat, 
next to where, where we were seated. Okay? And what happens? The last passenger into the plane came through right, in the economy section, in the center portion, economy section, with five seats. Right in the middle, there's an empty seat. And so this guy walked through the economy section. And you know what? He's really, very, very strongly built, really muscular. And you know what? People who are very muscular, they love to wear sleeveless T-shirts. Amen, right? To show their muscles, right? Okay. And he wind his way. And I saw him winding his way to the empty seat. So I told Doris, my wife, you take the aisle seat, I'll sit next to him. So when he sat down, he was huffing and puffing and very upset and angry. And he said, no, what a lousy airline. I've been asking for a better seat. See, what a lousy seat. After he calmed down a little bit, I said, hi, my name is Daniel. What's your name? Julian. <laughs> very unhappy to speak. Okay. And uh, I complained like crazy. I said, Julian, uh, you know what? I'm a pastor, okay, uh, here in Malaysia. You are very special. Out of seven billion, go take a pastor next to you. I said, what do you say? Yeah. Friends, not often you get a chance to sit next to a pastor. No amen. Uh. Say something, encourage Pastor David and I. Uh. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I share with him Jesus. In a, before that, in the process of talking, we you know what I found? I found out that, uh, Julian shared with me, in the process of talking, I found out Julian was eight to ten times all England karate champion. He was on his way back to, to England. I was on the way to, to Russia. Eight to ten times all England karate champion. Not only he got three children at that time, daughter 26, son 21, third one, son 19. All three children are all, all England karate champions in their age groups. You know what happens, friends? I became very careful in talking with him because one punch and my nose will fly off it. I said, Julian, you're very special. Out of seven billion, God tell you sit next to a pastor. I said, with Jesus, halfway to the flight, 39,000 feet above sea level, he was tearing away. I said, no, Julian, God has touched you. If you'd like to, I want to lead you to trust in Christ as Lord. I said, would you like to? He looked up. Okay, Ken. I led him to faith in Christ. And Julian became world karate champ 26, 2013 in his age group. Imagine, friends, even world karate champion can cry one. Hello? Touched by the Lord. Amen. And so, church, you know what? There are many, many opportunity points of conversation. You must seize those opportunities. Amen. Especially on a flight, for example. People you meet on the plane next to you, you never see them again on earth. Possibly. You know what I mean? Let's maximize all these opportunities. And then what happens when Jesus engaged with this Samaritan woman? There's a prejudice that comes out right away. All right, why? Because the next slide, this is what we see here about the prejudice of this woman. Okay, and verse, all right, verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritan, which is true, isn't it? We've got nothing to do with each other. What business have you got talking with me, engaging me? How many of you, sometimes you even just mention the name Jesus, okay, uh, people get upset. How many of you encounter that? Can I see your hands? How many of you? All right, isn't Some of us do that. Give an example. I was recently having lunch alone by myself in Dream Center where we meet, okay? How many of you have been to Dream Center? See your hands. How many of you have been? Okay, all right, not too many of you. Come to Dream Center, okay? Dream Center, bottom line, where dreams come alive. All your dreams will come alive, whatever your dreams may be, okay? Come. Okay, the food is good. Uh, it is not cheap. 
Cheap means no standard. The food is okay, inexpensive. All right, so come enjoy. It's open to the public, by the way. All right, and we've got Malays coming as well because we don't serve pork all right, in our cafe. All right, every day is open from 9 to 6.30 okay, uh, p.m. And so anyone is welcome okay, uh, uh, to come. All right, no pork is served. It's not halal, it's pork-free. I know for Chinese, very hard. One week without pork, they go with our syndrome. I say, one pork, so get out of this, this place because we want to welcome anybody, everybody. And we've got Malays, even women and two don't coming to join us as well. That's what we are. We built for the community to serve the community, you see. So I went for lunch alone by myself. I walked around. I saw this table. One young man seated by himself alone. Don't know who he is. I said, excuse me, can I join you? Yeah, 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 sure. Why? Because Malaysians very friendly, right? No? Yeah, 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 yeah. In the West, sometimes you go and join that guy, the Orampute. The Orampute will say, can you not sit in the other tables? Why can't we disturb me? Malaysians very friendly, right? No? Yeah, yeah. So I saw he was in his uniform. It says German Motors. Two doors away from where we are, this, this company repairs Mercedes and BMW cars. Okay, that's a German Motors. So his uniform. I sat down and said, hi, what's your name, Derek? My name is Daniel, Derek. Good to meet you. You work for German? Yeah, yeah, I work for German Motors. Okay, that day, it so happened. It just so happened. I was wearing my Mercedes-Benz T-shirt, which I seldom wear, given me years ago. It so happened to wear it. Then he said to me, he said, so you own a Mercedes-Benz? Uh? I said, yeah, in my dream, I own one, okay? <laughs> right. I said, no, no, Derek, I don't own a Mercedes. At least I own a Mercedes-Benz T-shirt, uh, right? Not, not too bad. I said, by the way, Derek, actually, I'm a pastor. Oh, you're a pastor. So are you a Christian? You know what happens? Hmm, just like that. The moment I mention you're a Christian, just like that. Sometimes, right, we encounter this even with our parents, right now, our uncle, auntie or with your colleague or your friend. Don't come and tell. Somebody with your boss, don't come and tell me about that. Can I teach you how to disarm these people? Is it okay? All right. Say to that person, could be your own father sometimes. Okay, dad, I'm so sorry. What I said looks like upset you. I'm so sorry about this. Apologize first. Secondly, put it as your problem. Don't put it as his problem. Dad, why you behave like that one? You, the person becomes even more defensive. Put it as your problem. Dad, if you don't mind, help me to understand why you get so upset or offended when the name of Jesus is mentioned. Hello, are you there? Then people are more ready. You know why? Sometimes people are upset and angry. The moment mention of Jesus, are you a Christian? Not in or church, not interested. Why? Because usually they've been hurt by Christians. Right now, they've been hurt by Christians. Either cheated, played out, betrayed, or whatsoever else. That's not interested. So I said to him, you know, those who have heard, these Christians have heard you, they are bad apples. But there are many good apples you have not met. And they all found in Grace Church, Alam. No amen. No amen. <laughs> right now. Because sometimes experience with a few bad apples, they write off everything. You don't do that. Right now. You never do that. Alright? I say, you know, there are many good apples you're not met. Come to my church. I line up thousands of good apples for you. Really, you know, very important. Then the other thing I say to him, I say, Derek, you shouldn't write off because of bad experience. But on the other hand, Derek, if I can prove to you why the Christian faith is true, you know what? In writing off, you have lost everything. You have lost your life, lost your future, lost your whole eternity. Am I right now? Christian faith matters about future, about whole eternity. So you can lose everything if you can prove that the Christian faith is true. Be slow. Be, don't be too quick to write it off. Consider. I'm not asking you to accept, but consider. 
one common ex- example people writing Christian faith because they've been hurt. Another common example is what? They see hypocrisy in a church. They see some Christians who are hypocrites. Uh, right now, okay? And they write off like this young man also met up with him. Why are you not going to church anymore? Uh, all hypocrites. I said, you know what you say? Cannot be all hypocrites right now. Some hypocrites, uh, maybe a few. Uh, come to my church, no hypocrites at all. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, not that we are perfect. We try to be authentic right now. We try to be authentic. Right? When we do wrong, we ask God, forgive us. We try to be right now. So I told him, cannot be all hypocrites. Some, maybe a few. But then because of the few, you write off the whole thing. Right? Because it is to your great loss. Right? Your loss for all eternity, right of the Christian faith. Right now. So never do that. Is it okay? Alright? And so therefore, when prejudice of people comes up, alright, about hurt, about hypocrisy, okay, explain to them. These are some bad examples. There are many good ones you have not met. Right now. Consider it. Don't throw it out. Because it is not wise, not smart for you to write it off. Why? Because it's about your whole life, your whole future. Okay? And I can prove to you why the Christian faith is true. Why? Because the Christian faith is based on evidence. Not just, hey, come on, believe. Lah. Come on, have faith. It's more than that. Yes, believe faith is important. But it's based on evidence. Amen? And that's why, friends, you and I can stand confident about a Christian faith in this regard as we engage with people, isn't it? as we help people to overcome their prejudice like this. Isn't it? And then what happens? All right? Here is the promise of Jesus now to her. As she came up with the prejudice, no, we Samaritans got nothing to do with your Jews. What is now the promise of Jesus all right, uh, to this Samaritan woman? Okay, all right, the next slide. This is what we notice here Okay, for us. Now, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, he would have given living water. What did Jesus do? Jesus offered a promise. What I'm offering you is so good. It is living water. You are coming for physical water. I'm providing for you living water, everlasting water that will quench your thirst forever and ever. What I'm offering you is so, so good. It is amazing. It is amazing. How many of us, the Christian faith is the best thing that you have encountered, experienced? Can I see How many of us? Is it? Yeah, it's just amazing, is it? Knowing Jesus. All right, I've come to faith in Christ now 42, uh, 52 years ago. Every year is getting better and the best is yet to come. Amen. For all of us, isn't it? It's amazing when you come to know Jesus, knowing things so good, so, so good. You just want to share with as many people as possible, isn't it? Which is so, so important uh, for all of us in this regard here, isn't it? Right? Give an example. Again, Doris and I, we were flying to Cairo, Egypt for me to preach at a church there, Casa Dubara, the largest church in the whole Middle East. It's just 7,000 people. Amazing. In the first sector, KL, sorry, KL to Abu Dhabi. We overnight to Abu Dhabi before we flew on to Cairo. And we stayed with a friend Abu Dhabi for a night. Okay? And our friend, Malaysian, working there. Before he took us to the airport the next morning, he said, Daniel Doris, I'd like to take you to the presidential palace. Oh, I said, my goodness. You mean we ordinary people can go to president? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, it, it's a palace owned by the Emir of the Sultan Abu Dhabi. He has turned it into a six-star hotel. He has turned to the state, and the state has converted a six-star hotel. My goodness, six-star, come, let's go. Okay, let's go. We walked in there. Everything is big, huge, and fancy, including the chair as well. You sit in the chair, it's so big, you cannot get out. You have difficulties in getting out. Anyway, on the way out, I told Doris, come, let's use a toilet, because at least the toilet is free of charge. Lah. Hello? <laughs> Clever Malaysians, right now. Amen? No, amen. Right now. So she went to the ladies, I went to the gent. 
all right? And after what I did, I walked over to pick up a paper napkin. You know what? There's hotel staff, a very smart uniform, handing over to me a paper napkin, all right? And I said, thank you so much, okay, uh, my friend, for keeping the, okay, the toilet, uh, the washroom clean for the comfort and convenience hotel staff. Really appreciate that, okay? All right? What's your name? I walk close and just tag there. Mandakali. Good to meet him, Mandakali. All right? Uh, Mandakali, how long have you worked here? Six months. I'm sure you really enjoy working. He said, no. He said, why not? He says, I miss my family. Oh, where are you from? India. Which part of India? Chennai. Chennai. Lovely. Mandakali. Okay. Mandakali. My name is Daniel Ho. I'm a pastor from Malaysia. You're very special. Out of seven billion people, go send a pastor me in the toilet. Yeah. I share with him Jesus. At the end, I challenge him. Mandakali, you like to trust in Jesus. You know what he said? He said, okay, Ken. I said, very good, very good, Mantikali. Only Jesus, no other gods, okay? You know why? Because in Hinduism, they believe in 330 million gods. So adding one more Jesus, we've got a problem right now. <laughs> okay. I said, only Jesus, no He said, okay. I let him do faith in Christ. He said, amazing. All right, how many of you, you'd like to meet my friend Mantikali one day in heaven? Can I see your hands? How many of you? Wow, so many. God bless you all. And God bless you all. You know, I shared this story with my church. All right, you know how many hands went up? Out of more than 1,000 people that Sunday morning, only three hands went up. I scolded my church. I like Grace Church. I need to come here more often. People full of faith, yeah. You know what happens? One day when Mantikali sees me in heaven, he might run towards me, slap me hard on the shoulder. He said, brother, you recognize me? I looked at him. No, I meet so many people. I talk to so many people all the way. No, and it's, hey, my friend, my friend, Mandakali, Mandakali, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi. Oh, of course, of course, I remember now. You know what my Mandakali said to me? Brother, I want to let you know that was the best toilet experience in my whole life. <laughs> Hello? A toilet experience can send someone to heaven. Hello? Yeah, really? You know what I mean? So seize all these opportunities, friends, okay? And just offer something that's so good, so amazing for all of us in this regard, which is so important for us. And then finally, what happens? All right, when Jesus offers a promise, what happens to the woman? The woman responded with a plea. What is the plea of this woman now? The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get here, all right, get thirsty and to come here to keep on coming, draw water. What has happened? She has been turned around totally by Jesus. See, friends, one encounter with Jesus turned around completely. You know, more than that, you know what happens? She went back after that. You read on John chapter 4. She went back after that to begin the first evangelist to a whole town. And what happens to the whole town? Whole town got converted. And the people said, who is this guy? You know, they went to look for Jesus, found him, and God Jesus stayed with him, for, stayed with them for two more days, and everybody in the town came to faith in Christ. So today, 2,000 years later, friends, you know what? There are some Samaritan Christians still left there in Palestine. You know that? Of course, many of these prefer to call themselves Palestinian Christians. And there's some two to 300,000 Palestinian Christians, okay, in, uh, there in Palestine. Now, don't think that every Arab is a Muslim. Not true at all. You know that? There are a few hundred thousand just in Palestine so, who are Christians, actually, Palestinian Christians. And so they prefer not to call themselves Samaritan Christians, although some still do, because sadly the term Samaritan refers to, okay, a certain connotation that is negative. Is it? So they prefer to call themselves Palestinian Christians. But today, 2,000 years later, friends, the act of Jesus has produced everlasting change and transformation. Amen. 
you and I got the best answer. Let's share Jesus with as many people as possible, which is so important, is it, for all of us. I want to give you a final challenge. And a final challenge is the last slide for all of us. And what is a challenge for all of us? That by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to lead how many person or persons of faith in Christ in 2023 and see that person or persons being discipled in the life of the church. Can I challenge you to do that? Set a number and make this annual goal. Say whatever number, I don't care, but just set a number. Think about it, friends. If everyone, if we just put one, just one, what happens to your church? There'll be not enough seats by the end of the year. All right? There will be a great problem. Pastor David wouldn't mind at all. But no, no, not chairs around. So think about it. It is explosive. You know that? All right? Supposing, first year, I just lead someone to faith in Christ. I disciple that guy. Next year, two of us go out. Each one of us lead one to faith in Christ. Now four of us, I disciple all three. Following year, four of us go. Each one of us lead one to faith. Becomes eight, I disciple all seven. Now, just like that, first year two, second year four, then third year eight, then 16, 32, 64. How many years will it take to win a whole world of eight billion people today? How many years will it take? Anyone can tell me an answer? Free lunch with Pastor David afterwards. Anyone here? I ask this question all across the world, friends. I preach in 40 countries and all six continents. So far, one young man in mainland China, in Shenzhen, China, in a church I preach in some 200 people. You know what happens to this young man? Within 20 seconds, he put up his hands. He said, Pastor Daniel, when you hit 30 years, you touched 1 billion people. 31 years, 2 billion. 32 years, 4 billion. 33 years, you are home. I said to the young man, spot on. Wow, China man, very clever. Spot on indeed. Friends, you know, just starting with you yourself alone, you can create a global movement by winning the world in 33 years. You know that? Friends, never too late. Let's start. Amen. Although Jesus says 2,000 years ago, the harvest is plentiful in Matthew chapter 9. And he also says in John chapter 4, the harvest is ripe in John 4.35. Friends, can I say, 2,000 years later, we are far, far from finishing the job. There's a lot to repent one day when we see Jesus. You know that? Never mind. Never too late. Let's start all over. Is it okay? Let's start over. Because here, even at Klang Valley, supposing there are 100,000 committed Christians at the Klang Valley. There's a lot more. hundred. Suppose 100,000 committed Christians at Klang Valley. If we just do this, each one of us win one a year, what happens? Next year, 200,000. Then 400,000. Then 800,000. 1.6. You know, friends, in six years, we change the whole Klang Valley. In six years, it becomes 6.4 billion, uh, 6 million and claim value just over 7 million. In less than 10 years, you and I changed Malaysia. So, we got problems changing Malaysia. Hello? The problem, friends, is this. You and I are not intentional. You are now prayerful. You are not, not engaging in doing what we should be doing. Keeping the main thing the main thing. Sharing good news of Christ. That's what Jesus came for. What did He come for? To proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Isn't it? so that we, the whole world may be saved when we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's do this together, which is called critical and crucial. Is it okay? Friends, there are people, many people, they look good on the outside, smooth and suave and sophisticated. You will never know what's on the inside. Many are hurting, wounding, in pain, even in grief. Friends, you and I have been put there by God to make it count, to bring change, to bring transfer, to bring healing and hope for them. Let's go forward together. 
and make it that 2023 will be a fantastic year and the coming years, every year is getting better and the best is it will come. All God's people say, Amen. Come, let us pray.